Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford, and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. This week's talk is from Vision Sunday, where we explore the vision for Telford Minster and what it looks like to make Jesus known in Telford. Enjoy the podcast. Reading series from Acts 11, so if you want to get your Bibles out, it will also be on the screen. Acts 11, 19 to 30. It says this, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, one of them named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord. I know it's cold in here, guys, but the jokes don't get any better. He's poured out his spirit on us and has said, go on, you, the church, it's your turn to do the same. And so I love the church. I love it. It doesn't matter if you're Anglican or Baptist or Methodist or a free church, if you're part of the United Reformed Church, if you're part of uh, the Pentecostal Church, if you're part of uh, any of the church, if you have breath and love Jesus, you are the church. That's it. There's no escape. And I know some people go, oh, but you know, your guys are Anglicans and you're supposed to do things this way. Or you guys are Baptists and you do things this way. Or you, you are... It doesn't matter. Guess what? If you've got a pulse and love Jesus, you're a part of the church. And the church isn't one of these pointy buildings. They, they're great. But guess what? It's a building. It's freezing. But it's a building. Or shall we go to church this Sunday? Guess what? You are the church. When you arrived, the church arrived. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I love the church because I am a people person. And the church is made up of people. Uh, You know, how was your day? If I was sat at home and Emily comes home from the day and I was sat in my study all day, 
working on a computer, it was a bad day because there were no people. The best thing about the church is people. People who are loved by God and love others because of what God's done for them. We're uh, from a diverse background. If you just, just quickly have a look around the people that you're here. Some of us like to say ducks and some of us like to say ducks. And so that kind of gives you just a microcosm of what the different backgrounds we're from. Some of us are from different parts of the world. You might have guessed I'm African. Everyone always laughs when I say that. It's true. The church is creative and expressive. If you were here on Wednesday night, you would have been overwhelmed by how creative the church is. It's also different in age and uh, demography. There are people here who are, who are old, like me. And there are some people who are young, like Steph. Yes, good. But the reason why I love the church even more than all of those is because of Jesus. Jesus is at the centre of the church. We're part of his body, 1 Corinthians tells us. Each one of us here makes up the body, the church, and Christ is right at the centre of it. And I love the church because we're empowered by the Spirit that whenever we gather, it's not just for ourselves, but it's for the people who, who haven't gathered with us. There are uh, almost 200,000 people surrounding us in Telford who don't yet know Jesus. The reason why we gather as the church is to go out there. And some of us might get the warm, fuzzy feeling every Sunday when we gather. I do, because you're all here. But it's not about the warm, fuzzy feeling, guys. Because, you know, dare I even say, the people just across the path from us do not have that warm, fuzzy feeling. And how about we bring it to them? I wouldn't go knocking on the door this evening. You might get punched. They're a lovely family. But this sort of church is a church that I want to be a part of. There are people, we're diverse, we've got different ages, we're expressive, we're creative, and Christ is at the centre of it. I don't know, do you want to be a part of that church? Do you want to be a part of a church that makes Jesus known wherever we go? Great, there's three of us. Win, we're on a roll. See, I grew up uh, in Africa uh, in a place called Amamzimtoti, and uh, which means a place of sweet waters. And as a child, I, I went along to the church. My parents weren't Christians, uh, but stayed over at a friend's house as a seven-year-old child. And they said, well, we go to church on Sunday. If you stay over, you're going to have to come with us. And so I went, all right then, don't know what a church is, but I'll come with you. And there was something about those group of people. They loved each other intensely. And then they loved me as much as well. And I was like, this is the first time I'm here. 
I was captivated by these people. And they kept talking about Jesus like he was really there. And that he wants the best for other people. They believed in Jesus. They believed in the outworking of the Spirit. And they believed in telling other people about him. I had the privilege as a, as a child and as a teenager to see a church grow from, from 50 people, mainly elderly, mainly young families, into a church of 300 plus. And then from a church of 300 plus to a church of 700 plus. And then a church of 700 plus to even more. This is in South Africa where racial divides are uh, extraordinary. Where the richest and the poorest live in complete difference. But at this church, there were white people, there were black people, there were young people, there were old people, and they loved each other and they loved God. And they were wanting to change everything of their society and say, come and know him, because he's knowable. I saw God heal people in miraculous ways. From cancers to broken limbs to uh, people with uh, genetic disorders healed instantly when these people who were called Christians put their hands on their shoulder and said, Jesus, we don't know what to do, but would you heal this person? And guess what? God was gracious and did. We saw people released in ministry in their workplaces and their homes and their schools in the most fantastic way. I was, as a, as a 14 and 15-year-old young person, released in ministry into the school I was at. We were told, uh, guys, you can't pray at this school. You can't pray here. So me and a couple of mates used to go and pray behind the bike sheds for God to come and change our school. And they called us in one day when we had grown from about four or five of us to about 20 of us. And they were like, what on earth are you guys doing? You can't pray here. And they said, well, if you keep on doing this, we're going to have to expel you because, you know, we're a state school and we, we can't have this sort of thing. We're, we're secular. You can't pray here. And I said, well, you're just going to have to expel us. They chickened out. We didn't. And we saw the group behind the bike sheds grow to almost 100 people in three years in school by people coming to know Jesus. To the point of when I left secondary school, we were doing assemblies and the school hall filled of a thousand young people were singing Jesus songs. It's a church I want to be a part of. It's a church that shared the good news about Jesus with their friends. Could you imagine? There's 35 adults in this room. 35. Jesus did it with, with 12 and a couple of women. Changed the world. Changed the whole of the Roman Empire. In a very, very short space of time. Imagine what 35 of us sharing the things of Jesus can do in a place of 200,000 people. That's Telford. Come on. 
What about a church, the church I grew up in and the church I want to be a part of is a church that is desperate to see God move amongst us. See, I'm not, I'm not happy for revival. I don't want revival. And this is where you all look at me going, he's mad. But I want complete reformation. See, a church that doesn't have a socioeconomic difference in the town or the city where they are, can they really be called the church? See, when we look through Acts and through the New Testament, wherever a church springs up, they change the city that they're a part of. Even to the point of some of them get beaten and kicked out because the whole uh, economic situation in that city is completely run into the ground. Don't come here, church, because you change everything. That's a church I want to be a part of. It's a church that understands that Jesus is going to come again. We've forgotten that in our church. We haven't here at Telford Minster, but our church across the country. It's all all right. It's all about a warm, fuzzy feeling. Let's not push the boat out too far because we might offend someone. But guess what, guys? Jesus is coming again. And we've got a job to do. We want people to be included. We want to be an inclusive church. And that doesn't mean the inclusive that the world talks about. It means we want everyone to be a part. People who give selflessly to the work of the gospel generously. See, kids coming in and knowing Jesus for themselves. Could you imagine if we have to buy a bus to go around Telford to pick up the young people because their parents don't want to bring them, but that they want to come nonetheless? where we see, we see young people from Telford Minster and from Telford go out across the country telling people about Jesus in mission. How amazing would that be? Going out into Europe to go, hey, God's doing this in the UK, let's see some of that too. It looked, and the church looks like the church in Antioch that we had our reading from in Acts 11. If you've got a Bible, turn there. It's uh, a great place to, to have a look. So the church in Antioch, it's like a church that I want to be a part of. Because they saw amazing things happen. Acts chapter 11, so it's after Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And then Acts before we then get Romans and the others. So it's just after the Gospels. And uh, this church had been scattered from Jerusalem, and they've gone all the way to Antioch because there was persecution. And persecution means that people don't want them there because it's not very... Um, because they've got reasons why the church shouldn't be thriving be that religious, be that um, because of the, the demographic that are there, because uh, if people say yes to Jesus, they say no to other things. And so they, they've been scattered by the persecution that broke out when this guy called Stephen was killed. 
And Stephen was uh, a young man, a, a deacon in the church, uh, was telling the good news. And Saul, who became Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, gave his approval for this young man to be killed because he was talking about Jesus. And so these guys, the church, broke up and they ran all around the, the empire at the time, as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. And then it just stopped being amongst the Jews. This people group who were Jewish people, who they were God's chosen nation, set apart for God for himself, who were supposed to be like priests to the whole world, but they forgot their calling to do that. But some of them went, hang on, there's all these other people. Jesus is for them too. Let's include them. And so they didn't only speak about it amongst the Jews, but amongst the Greeks as well, from Cyprus and Cyrene. They went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks there to tell them all that Jesus had done. Imagine us having to go to Shrewsbury, or Shrewsbury, or Shrewsbury, or whatever it's now pronounced as, saying, hey, Jesus is alive and at work as they went, they spread the good news. It's pretty amazing. It's what we remember at Advent. Jesus coming and being born in human flesh, moving into the neighborhood. Growing up, having a life. When you talk to uh, people in primary schools, children, they think baby Jesus never ever grew up. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. And then, you, and then all of a sudden we rush through to uh, Easter and they're like, hang on, why is baby Jesus dying? What are they doing to baby Jesus? He grew up. He had a life. He had a childhood. But he died for us too. God coming, taking our place where we should receive judgment for the things we do and think and say. Going, guys, I'll take your place. I'll take the punishment for you so that you don't have to. That's good news, isn't it? That's pretty amazing news. And when Jesus comes again, guys, you're going to have to give an account for your life. But Jesus goes, it's all right, I've already paid the price. They are included. They're part of my church. And then, of course, he ascends and gives them the spirit at Pentecost. And they do even more than Jesus did. They raise people from the dead. They heal them. They set them free. They deliver people from the demonic. Guys, all of that stuff is going on in Telford. We've got the spirit. We know Jesus. Let's go and do the stuff that Jesus did. You don't have to go far to find it. Some of Lawley, who are all around us, where we invite them to, to Christmas this year, they're desperate to know about this person called Jesus. They're desperate for hope. They're desperate for a future. They're desperate for fresh vision. Let's be a church that brings it. 
because majority are far off. There are 200,000 people in Telford. By 2026, it's going to be uh, 225,000 people. It's almost double the size of Coventry. Holy cow, that's huge. Here in little old Shropshire, most of them are far off. Most of them are desperate for hope. They want to believe but don't know how and don't know who. And guess what? They've been put off by churches. Guess why? Because we're boring. We're boring. We're judgmental. We uh, like things done the way we've always done them. We don't behave like a church that looks like Jesus is the hope of the world. So Telford Minster's going to not be like that. We want to be a church that's really following Jesus, not just paying lip service to him, but really believing and doing the things that he did. Do we want to see people come to faith? Do we want to see people come and be a part of this community that is amazing? There is no community in Telford like it. Believe it or not, I do love you guys. Oh, he's getting soppy. But these people in Antioch were doing that sort of thing. And what happens? The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So point one of this talk is that the church went. Yes, they were under persecution, but they went. They went to places, to Antioch, where the Greek people were, who weren't included in the promise, to include them in the promise. So let us as a church go out to Telford, to people who aren't included, and make them included. The good news went. What else did they do? And God's hand was with them. Secondly is uh, they encouraged people. When they arrived, they saw the grace, uh, they saw what the grace of God had done, and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. They heard the news of what God was doing in Antioch, and so the church in Jerusalem sent a whole bunch of people to go and see what they were doing. Imagine that. I don't know the Archbishop of Canterbury or whoever, comes to Telford and goes, there's, there's this church called Telford Minster who's doing the stuff that Jesus did. I want to go and check it out for myself. Or uh, people in Wales coming over and going, I've heard a story that this church is alive and is doing the stuff Jesus did. I want a part of that too. And they went and they were encouraged. The, the people from Jerusalem that came to Antioch were encouraged because they saw what God was doing. See, the church in the UK is predominantly elderly. 33% of the Church of England is over 70. A third of the Church of England is over 70. I don't think any of us are over 70. Less than 20% of the Church of England is under 18, with a 47% bit in the middle between 18 and 69. And that was 2019 stats. All of those numbers would have gone down during uh, COVID. 
apart from in a few places. In the Litchfield Diocese, uh, there were, the population of the Litchfield Diocese is 2,185,000 people. Okay, here we go. Over almost 700 parishes uh, in the Litchfield Diocese, or almost 700 parishes. 19,000 people were in churches. Children, 2,200. With a population of 2,185,000. Which means, ding, 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 if my maths is correct, I got my calculator out, that there are 2,163,800 people that live in the Litchfield Diocese who don't know Jesus. Holy cow, that's a lot of people. Is the church being the church when we don't share Jesus? So how about we be a church that bucks that trend and encourages the, the churches and the parishes around us because we're doing the good news stuff. See, they're exhausted. They are absolutely wiped out. When you pick up the phone and talk to a local church leader, they're exhausted and they're just waiting, waiting, waiting so that they can get out. I chatted to a church leader not long ago who said, do you know what, Matt, I'm just waiting for my retirement. And I went, well, thank you, brother. I've still got 45 years to go. <laughs> See, when others hear that Jesus is at work here at Telford Minster and across this amazing town, it encourages people and they want a bit of that too. Could you imagine if Steph was ill and we prayed for her and we saw miraculous healing? Wouldn't we go away encouraged? Wouldn't we go to our friends, guess what happened yesterday? This happened. Let's be a church that prays and encourages people through seeing the work that the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. Second point, they were encouraging and encouraged other people. Thirdly, they were hungry for the word. A marker of a healthy church is a church that gets stuck in to this book that is called the Bible. If you don't have one, let me know. We'll give you one. Uh, I, my last job when I was in Bletchley in Milton Keynes, I was known as the person who gives away Bibles. The church wardens were freaking out because all of a sudden all of their Bibles just started disappearing. Um, and we just give them to people. Hey, this is the word of eternal life. Read it, digest it, get stuck into it. The, the church in Antioch were a church that got stuck into the scriptures. See, as we have a look, Paul and Barnabas, who were there, for a whole year, met with the church and taught them and with great numbers of people. They taught them the word of God. The New Testament hadn't been written down yet. They were teaching them the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and we can go on and on and on. Because they could see Jesus in those passages and wanted to know more. And then later on, they wrote down the New Testament. They were hungry to, to know about it. See, the Bible, guys, is not just an ancient textbook, but it has something to say to us. It's alive and active. 
It teaches, it trains, and it rebukes. It tells us everything we need to know about life. I was in a pub with a 23-year-old last night. He was like, well, the Bible has got nothing really to teach me. I was going, really? Do you think humanity has changed since it was written? And they're like, yeah, 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 we've got technology. I'm going, well, that means nothing. It just means people are a little bit smarter, or so-called smarter. See, humanity hasn't. We're still greedy. We're still selfish. We still uh, want everything to ourselves. We still want to destroy the planet to make sure that we are comfortable. Humanity hasn't changed. But we, as the church, we live our lives under the scriptures, not on top of it. Which means that we, we go, okay, God, you know what's best for us. So let's live our, our lives in light of this book. Let's live our lives in light of your story so that we can include other people. It's not the other way around. It's not God, I am the center of the universe. I know what's best for me. And sometimes I might read this book. We need to be shaped by our scriptures, our missional practice, our sexual ethic, our pastoral practice, our evangelism strategy, and our generous giving all needs to be shaped by this book that's alive and active. And even if we don't read it, let's communicate it in another way so that people in Telford will hear the words of Jesus. So they were hungry for the word. So we're going to be, uh, if you call Telford Minster your home, guess what? Every Sunday, we're going to be looking at this book. Every Sunday. We're going to look at it in our villages, which are our, 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 our smaller groups that we can gather here. We can go deeper into it, but we can also move faster in mission. So if you're not part of a village, uh, village leaders, do you want to just wave your hands around mainly on the side, apart from Emily. Emily's in Priorsley. Uh, Steph's in Lawley. James and Amy are in Lawley. And um, Jem and Tam are in Wellington. Uh, if you're going, I want to start something where I live, please chat to Steph. The answer will be yes. <laughs> please get stuck in. And there's also a daytime one. If you can't do an evening, talk to me. Because we want to get stuck into it. In church, when we all gather, in our villages, when we gather, and personally, to grow and read it so that we can become mature in our faith. So that's the third point. They are uh, devourers of the scriptures. The fourth point is they were called Christians there at Antioch. That's where they were first called them. Christians means little Christs. Or so I'm told. Because if you take Christ out of Christian, you're just left with Ian and he can't help you. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Dad jokes. <sighs> but these guys are radical apprentices. They look like Jesus. It was supposed to be a nickname that were given, almost like a, a swear word about them. Oh, you guys are like little Christ's. You die for other people. How foolish is that? But they were radical apprentices of Jesus. They look like him and do the stuff that Jesus did, empowered by the Spirit. See, our society sees us as the church. It's hypocritical. 
doing all the talk but no action, hypocritical. We judge other people so much, unnecessary, unrelevant, and a little bit strange. That's not a church that looks like Jesus. Jesus crossed boundaries to get to people, to see the lost come home. He stooped down and started writing things in the dust because the religious leaders were about to stone someone and he was writing out all the sins that they have committed. And he says that the person without a stone, uh, the person without sin, you can throw the first stone. Jesus turns around to her and says, where are they? But the world thinks we're there to throw the stones at them. What if we were given a ridiculous nickname in Telford because we look like Jesus? I want to be a church that's part of that. Don't you? Our fifth one, the church in Antioch, and I hope the church in Telford will be led by the Spirit. See, there was a person called Agabus who came from Jerusalem who was encouraged and then spoke out this, this word to the people who were there. He was called a prophet. And he kind of heard from the Spirit that there was going to be a famine. And so he told them. And then the church kind of got together and, and started planning for this famine because they knew it was a word from God and were able to save thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And guess what? It's not just a wishy-washy prophecy that's in the air. All oh, this is a warm feeling. It happened during the reign of Claudius, it tells us, who was a Roman emperor. It's fact. You can go through the history books and see it. See, a church that's prompted by the Spirit changes situations and changes the places that they live. A church that's alive to the Spirit actually saves lives. See, I was uh, driving, this was before I was a vicar, so just a normal Christian. Not that vicars aren't normal Christians, they are just as normal as everyone else. They just need a little bit more help. Was driving on the way from a PCC meeting, which is a really, really boring trustees meeting for the church, and was driving through Cambridge and got this feeling, turn round and drive back. And I was like, God, it's late at night. I'm sick of the churchy stuff. Please don't make me go back and have a look. But eventually I gave up and went, okay, God, you know, you're in charge. Uh, I'm on, I'm on your, your dime. So I turned the car around and went back and was turned around again and then went home. I was like, God, this is ridiculous. He just said, look. And there was a man stood the other side of the barriers on a bridge ready to jump. See, a church that has, uh, that listens to the things and the prompts of the Spirit actually changes lives. It may not look like that all the time, but it may just bless someone that little bit. So what do the Holy Spirit prompts look like? It looks like something that you just know in your knower called unction, if you want the proper word for it, where you're just like, God is doing this, I better get on with it. And God does that with all of us, whether you've been a Christian for two seconds or whether you've been a Christian for a hundred years. Gives us words that are like, oh, I just have this kind of phrase that comes to mind, or just one word even. Uh, a friend of um, Christopher and, and mine, a guy called uh, Stephen, uh, 
he in Africa, in South Sudan, literally had one word which changed the lives of an entire diocese. Thousands and thousands of people, one word that the Spirit gave at the right time. Sometimes it's a picture. Sometimes uh, God kind of just shows us this image in our mind's eye. And we're like, oh, that wasn't there before. Maybe it's for someone else. He might give us a Bible scripture. He might bring healing to someone when we pray. He might set someone free. Guess what? Being part of Telford Minster means we practice that here so that we can do it out there. See, because when we're in here, it's okay. We get it wrong, no one dies. When we get it wrong, do you know what? We might look a little bit silly. But who cares when we love each other and we want what's best for each other? But out there is where it really counts. Out there is where it really counts. Here is for practice for out there. So they were prompted by the Spirit. And sixth point was they gave generously. The church in Antioch gave whatever they could in relation to the famine that was going to happen in Judea. These people didn't even know the people there. Some of them might have. But they still gave. They gave to an express need at that time. But also the church gives to the work of the gospel. See, it's not just for us. A proportion of all that comes into Telford Minster, we give away. We give away 10% of what we come in, but we also give away a percentage to the diocese to help other churches around uh, Litchfield Diocese to, to grow and to thrive. And of course, this isn't a talk on giving, but of vision. But there's also need too. If we want to be a church that grows and gives to Telford everything, we've got some work to do. We have a little bit of a slide. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, go on. For 2021, our income was £35,061, which were given by 12 of us, or 12 families. Our forecasted expenditure for the next year, £122,514. Pretty huge, isn't it? God can do it. If we really want to reach the people of Telford, that's what it's going to cost. But we'll get some from the diocese and from the national church. Other people who have given sacrificially over the centuries, the diocese of Litchfield and the national church are going to give us £98,000. And uh, for the work, let's see what the next one does. So what is, what's the cost? What is that uh, 122,000? What does that get, get us? Well, ministry areas, mission, operations, kids, youth, pastoral care costs us almost 50 grand a year. Our staff expenses, those are the people who are frontline people where we might have other jobs. They don't have lives and so want to help out people as much as possible. They are going to cost us 15,000 pounds. We're about to take ownership of uh, a 6,500 square foot warehouse space right in the town centre. That's going to cost us £36,000 a year, which is cheap. 
for one of those units in the town centre cost £21,000 per month. But that's how much we get to pay for a year. And we're going to give £24,218 to the Church of England to help other places grow, to help uh, Lawley and Dawley and Oakengate and Wellington grow too, which gives us a shortfall of £24,164 that needs to come out of our pockets, guys. Sounds like a lot. How many of us go to Costa and get a cup of coffee? You know, it's not that many of those. Well, it's quite a few of those. Could you imagine the caffeine high on that? Thank you, Luke. What's the next one? I don't think there is one. Oh, here we go. So those are our, our six things. The people went. They went to encourage. They were hungry for the word. They were called Christians. They followed the spirit and they gave generously. So this, are, this is some of our priorities for uh, this coming year. To build intentional communities of belonging. Yes, guys. We all belong to this. You guys, some of you have been here for a while. To be intentional communities of belonging, support, care, and nurture. Amazing. I want to be part of that church. In a network of villages and communities around our central hub. Sunday is the central hub. It'll be as we gather here on a Sunday afternoon. It'll be as we gather in the town centre in the new year. And it's about those places like Lawley and Priors Lee and Wellington and some of the others that you guys are going to lead to be an intentional community of belonging. What else is it? It's bright, approachable and relational pathways into knowing Jesus. It means we're not just going to talk the stuff, we're going to do it too. But if that means that someone can't read or write, it means we're going to spend lots of time to talk to them. If it means someone's dyslexic, we're not going to give them a big chunk of, of paperwork to read and try and understand. We're going to build lots and lots of different ways for people to come to know Jesus. And guess what? There are 35 of those here tonight. What else? To have apprentices of all ages. We are the apprentices. No one ever graduates from being a follower of Jesus. We're all apprentices that we grow in our walk of faith and to find our unique calling in God's word and in Christ's church. So it means that we're going to equip you to reach your workplace. It means we're going to equip you to reach your neighbours. It means we're going to give you all the tools to go and look like Jesus out there. It's where we get to practice. We practice here to go out there. And finally... Provide opportunities to find healing and greater wholeness as a key to what it is to be fully alive in Christ as a gift to the wounded and broken of our town. There are people who are desperate for Jesus. There are people who are hurting. There are people who uh, don't know what's going on. Some of us are those hurting people too. So guess what? We're going to go to them. Some of us have spent uh, the last year with us being healed and set free and encouraged. We're going to do the same with everyone that walks through those doors. So what else is our, our vision for the next dun, 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 four years? Telford Minster is a church called by Jesus to love Telford. We love Telford. Oh, all right rather live somewhere else. No, Telford's amazing. 
We're on a journey led by the Spirit to see Telford Minster established in the town centre. We've got a long way to go. But with a network of villages and new community churches across the town. Yes, we're going to have a whopping great building in the town centre. But it doesn't stop there. I'd love us to plant four to six new churches in that time. Big ask. Which means that some of us may no longer belong to Telford Minster, but will be little snoring in the marshes. Or the church on the hill in Wellington, or whatever. We're going to plant those new churches, and we're going to do missional villages from all of them, so that we build a network across the town. There will also be a place of relational belonging, generous welcome, and transformational encounter with Jesus. See, we love you. We know you each by name. If we don't know you by name, we will know you very shortly by name. We want all of those who are going to come for Christmas to be known by name. They're known by God, so why not us? Generous welcome, which means we're going to give of ourselves to make sure that someone feels included and to be transformed within an encounter with Jesus. That's what the church in Antioch did. They were so moved by the Spirit that they changed everything around them. I want to be part of that church, don't you? To be radical apprentices of Jesus, nourished by the Bible, dependent on the Spirit, to grow into greater depth and maturity. Guess what? We don't have all the answers doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for years and years and years. You don't have all the answers. Some of us might have, have only known Jesus for five minutes. But know that there's more and there's more and there's more. Let's grow into maturity. Let's grow into mature apprentices. Because, of what, uh, because we read the word and we do what the Spirit tells us. And this is the key thing. We are making Jesus known in our words and in everything we do. If we're not making Jesus known, guys, we're not the church. I want to be part of that church, don't you? To do the stuff that Jesus did. To make Jesus known in everything we do. Church is supposed to be exciting. The king of kings. We get to worship him all the time. He calls you friend. That's amazing. It's a church that I want to be part of. Some of us may not want to be part of that church. And that's okay, we love you still. But we are going to be radical apprentices of Jesus. We're going to give it a go. If we mess up, no one dies. But just maybe someone might be drawn into a relationship with him. We don't have all the answers. If you guys think I've got all the answers... I hate to tell you, I really don't. But I might just be as stubborn to go, I will not do anything unless God calls us to. That's the call of the church. So, you guys have some wonderful packs that you've got. And in there is a invitation to Christmas. You're invited to Christmas. Winner, winner. Guess what? It's less than four weeks away. Panic. If you haven't got your shopping, bless you. I don't. Um, you've got some stickers, which are pretty cool. 
I don't really know what we do with stickers. You stick them to things. But great, we got some stickers and we got a beer mat. Um, I'm sure there's a joke there somewhere. Because <laughs> uh, my name's Matt Beer, Beer Matt. Oh, it's terrible. Um, maybe when you, when, you, when you go to the pub, just go and leave it there, see what happens. Um, you have a welcome to Telford Minster. Uh, Please fill it in, because we still don't have everyone's contact details. Please fill it in. Give it to someone with an orange lanyard, um, because we'd love to be in contact with you. We'd love to email you about the good things that's going on so you can encourage other people. And finally, there is a giving form, because we've got a target to reach so that we can keep on reaching out. And don't worry, next year there's going to be a higher target because the more we do, the more we give and the more we give out. Emily and I give to the work of Telford Minster. We give 10% uh, of our income pre-tax to the work of the gospel. I'm not saying you guys have to do that, but everyone can give something. Whether it be 5p or whether it be 50,000 pounds, that's okay. You're giving to the work of the gospel. So that's one way you can be part of team. Another is you can be empowered by the Spirit. And I'd love us to do that. Because when we're, in, when we're a church empowered by the Spirit, we do the stuff that Jesus did. So I know you've been sitting for a long time. And maybe your prayer life has just increased. God, please get that vicar to shut up. But why don't we just wait on God for just a moment? Should we, should we stand, maybe, if you're up for it? Can we just, can we just wait? Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, follow us at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telfordminster.org.uk.